listening to the Elim Church Northampton podcast. This message was recorded live as part of our regular Sunday service. We know that this is a great investment into your life. So tune in and give it a listen. For more information, visit elimnorthampton.com. Come on, let's still thank the Lord today. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lord. Great. That was great today, guys. Thank you. Let's thank our worship team today. It's so good, isn't it, when you come to church and you feel a little bit weary and then the worship team come and just God just comes and then strengthens us. I just think that's really, really encouraging. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning to you online, too. I just want to say before we start into our message today on, on our strengthening of our faith. I wanted to say a big thank you to the Old Savoy, the Deco team, uh, Dan that's on the lights, who's a part of that, and the others that also help there as well. Dan's here this week. Clive, we know Clive and Barbara, Kev and Jill and the rest of the team. Come on, let's thank uh, the Deco team. Thank you for allowing us to use your premises and thank you for hosting us, we appreciate you, and we continue to pray for you and your families that God will bless you in all that you do. Also to remember that there's no prayer meeting tomorrow night, Monday, it's now moved to September, where we'll be praying every Thursday with worship as we uh, want to just continue to sort of increase our prayer together as a church. So if you can make that, that would be great if you want to come to that. So the title of our our message today, as we've been talking about faith and how we grow in our faith, I want to talk to you about an area which I believe is one of the most important parts of our journey if we're going to do anything significant for God. And I don't think that if you're going to do anything significant for Jesus and make a difference in our world and also carry out his purpose for our life, then we will need to go through this kind of um, application to strengthen our faith. It's called testing our faith. Testing our faith. Salvation comes through grace, through faith. And so we receive that by faith in what Christ has done for us. But as we, uh, as we come to know Jesus, as we're born again, then to live by faith, we need to apply some things to our life so our faith will grow. And so there are different ways that we can experience to grow in our faith, to know God more, to know ourselves more. And those things we've talked about over the last few weeks, one of those is that through responding to God's word, when God's word is preached or when you read God's word or hear God's word, when you respond to it, then you experience the faithfulness of God and your faith grows. Your faith will never grow just by hearing the word, retweeting the word, posting the word, and confessing the word. Unless you obey the word, you will never experience the promises of God or the faithfulness of God. So the only way that we can grow when we are wanting to experience God is by obeying his word. So that's one way where we can experience God by obeying what God has told us in his word. Secondly, is by stepping out and sharing our faith as well as serving God in ministry. 
Many of you will know when God asks you to do something, you may feel out of your depth or you may feel fear. But when you step out in faith, when you share your story with other people, when you tell people that God is real, when you pray for the sick, when you show kindness to somebody, when you do something for others in serving God, it's amazing that what will happen, well, God will honor your step of faith and then you'll begin to grow in confidence. I remember the first time when I was asked to do a sermon, oh man, that was so scary. Never done it before in my life. And I think I preached for 10 minutes, prepared for three weeks. Uh, but I was, it was in fear and trembling, and I thought, what, this is not for me. And when I did my eight minutes, <laughs> about 100 miles an hour, I was so encouraged by people of saying that God used those eight minutes. And from then, it just began to help me grow and identify what God would want me to do in some part of his ministry. So stepping out in faith, serving others, doing something to people that doesn't know Jesus, doing something that's out of your comfort zone will stretch your faith and grow your faith. You know, Jesus in his three years always asked the disciples to do something that they couldn't do in their own ability. Why? Because he was trying to grow their faith. Remember when they fed the 5,000? There's no way they could do that in their own strength. And so he makes sure that when he asks you to do something, he'll always ask you to do something that's a little bit beyond you. Why? Because you're going to need God and you're going to need faith. And so when you do it, it's amazing the results. Wow, I didn't know I could do that with God's help. And it grows our faith. That's why if you don't begin to serve God and do something that's beyond you, you'll get bored. And also you begin to die as well because God's created you to be involved on mission for him. So that's why it's important that we find somewhere to serve, to share our stories, to, to dare to believe God. So this, this season of our church, God is asking us to do something as a corporate church that we cannot do without him. It's certainly stretching us, it's fearful, it's exciting, but there's no way in the natural that we as a church can do it in our own strength. It has to be God involved and we're taking a step of faith. And so that's, that's, for me, it's like, wow, God, you're doing something amazing. But it sometimes is scary. But that's the only way we can see God move in a bigger way. Also, to see ourselves in a way that we didn't realize we could do that. And our faith grows. There's other ways that we can do that through personal disciplines. I might talk about that next week. And other things. Fellowship, growing together, sharing together. But this one, if we're going to do something really good for God, then you're going to have to go through trials going to have to go through a test and so right through the new testament as linda preached on joseph he went through many tests and trials because god had a big purpose for him and so anything that you do in your life if you've done a um you know a degree or what you've, you've took some kind of test if you've got any kind of qualifications you've done some tests because testing proves that you've either studied well and in the kingdom of god god tests our faith to actually see where we are. It helps us to know our gauge of our faith. How do you know if you are where your gauge is in faith? How do you know unless you're tested? And so you can quote the scriptures, you can believe the scriptures, but unless you're tested, you will never know where you really are. You will never know what you really believe. And so tests will come in our lives so it will grow us. And I want to say to you today, that Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But fear not, 
for I have overcome the world. You see, one of the problems, or a problem I believe in church, is that if we have a belief system that God never sends any, allows any kind of trouble to hit our life, then we are deceived and you'll be disappointed. If you always believe that all your prayers, that you will escape every hardship, every persecution, every kind of disaster, and your life will be protected in a bubble in this world, if you believe that, you're going to be very disappointed. Because Jesus said, because Jesus didn't believe that. Jesus did not believe that God would not allow pain, suffering, and hardship in this world. He never believed in a God like that because you know right now in our world there is lots of pain. There is lots of hardship. There is people dying right now. Just last night on the news, people were, a bomb hit some kind of a, a, a day in Ukraine and one of those casualties was a baby. People are dying. There is pain in our world. Now, I'm not saying that God caused that because if you look at the pain in our world and you look at the troubles, I want to tell you initially it came, it came predominantly through man's, humanity's decisions that they make. The fall in humanity, the decision that was made in the beginning to disobey God caused the fall, which then caused sin to enter the world which then caused humanity not to live for God and honour him and honour other people. When you see what's happening in our world today with climate change, with wars, with famines, all those kind of things that happen, you can trace it back to men's decisions. God has given everything in this world for our provision, but because of greed, because of selfishness, because of bad choices, we are reaping now the troubles that humans have chosen to make. So many of you know in this room that you've gone through trials and troubles because of decisions that somebody else has made for you or with you. Would you agree with that? Some of you are going through a hardship right now because of somebody else's stupid choices in your life. You know, if, you're in a, if you've got a family, some of your kids make silly choices and you as a parent reap the problems and the troubles that you have to sort out as a parent. If you're married, so your spouse makes a stupid decision and decides to go and do something ungodly or, or unwise, then you will also reap the trials and the troubles of that situation in your life. And so God was not a part of that. God gave principles and commands and decrees. If that we would stick by them, then we would sort of maneuver the trials and the pains that we would face. So many of those things in our world right now come as a result of what we call sin, disobedience, and also unwise choices in our life. Secondly, trials will come because the source of those trials will be Satan. Anybody that wants to do something for God, the devil will not want us to do that. He always wants to derail the church and the people of God if they're really serious about doing something great for God. And so the source of our troubles and temptations and trials can come from our adversity, the devil, who does not want us to move forward in the things of God in our lives. And so 
you need to know that. So the next slide, I want to read to you the scriptures. In 1 Thessalonians to prove the case. It says this, we sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service, in spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. As that, as that no one would be unsettled by these trials. Unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. We're destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we, that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could not stand it any longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. This church was on fire for God and the tempter tried to tempt them away and sending trials into their world to disrail them from being focused on the purpose that God had for them in their lives. And so behind this kind of trial is the enemy, the devil who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for some Christian to devour. And so we are not to be unaware of his schemes, but we stand and resist him and continue in the things of God. And so not only are the bad choices that we make that trials come into our life, but also that when we confront the, 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 the kingdom of darkness, then the enemy will try and push us back and he'll throw trials and all kinds of persecution. You know, in the New Testament, there was thousands upon thousands of Christians that got put to, burned in the stake in the time of Nero, just after Jesus' resurrection. Many thrown to lions, many lives being lost. If you read but, uh, the, the Fox's Book of Martyrs, it will tell you the historical facts of the so many followers of Jesus that became martyrs for him and lost their life. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of Christians right now who are being persecuted for their faith, who's losing their lives for the sake of the gospel. And I, so I want to say to you that that trials, if you're going to follow Jesus, persecution, hardship, is a part of the deal. I think it was Peter that said, if you want to live a godly life, then make sure that you're going to be persecuted. You will be persecuted if you want to live a godly life. If you want to live for Jesus, then not everybody's going to applaud you and say amen in your life. And so we can see that the enemy will try and derail you and he'll do it in many ways, temptation, different things of hardship. And so, and so when we look at the, the, the Bible, we can see this all the way through. But I want to get to the third point in a minute, just to bring one point to you. So you remember Peter, the, the amazing apostle that preached on the day of Pentecost. Do you remember him? He preached an amazing message. He did great things for God. And there was one time that he was with Jesus and Jesus said, guys, I'm not going to be with you any longer. I'm going to be taken away and I'm going to die. And, and Peter, Peter says, Lord, listen, I'm going to go with you. Wherever you go, I'm going. If you go in prison, I'm going to go in prison. If you die, I'm going to die with you. 
Jesus looked at him. Jesus said to him, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. Let me just pause there right now. If you are in this room or online and you're saying, I'm getting harassed by the devil, let me give you some encouragement. Jesus lives to intercede for us. Jesus is praying for you. And he will not allow you to go on what you cannot bear in your life. And this is what he said to him. I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. And Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you don't know me. You see, Peter didn't really understand the depths of his faith. He thought he would die with Jesus. He thought he would go to prison with him. He believed, he really meant it, and so do we. But when it was time to die for Jesus, Peter ran in the opposite direction. And when he was confronted by a young teenager, he even denied that he knew Jesus. The testing of Peter's faith made him realize he wasn't as strong as he thought he was. And he thought he failed. Peter thought he failed so much that he went back fishing. He went back to his old job. He thought, I've blown it now. I've made this big faith statement that I'm going to follow Jesus of all my heart and all of my life. And now when I've got confronted, now I've been tested, now the proof is in the pudding, I just didn't realize I wasn't as strong as I thought I was. Let me just say something in this room. You're not as strong as you think you are. That's why you need someone around you to help you. That's why you need prayer. And that's why we need support. Now, some of you are stronger than you think you are. And you need to know that today. And so it can happen both ways. Peter just got a bit above himself. He was not self-aware of his monitor of faith in his life. So, But Jesus didn't allow Satan to tempt Peter to destroy him. Jesus allowed Satan to tempt Peter to make him stronger for his mission. So Peter's gone fishing and can imagine in his mind, Lord, I thought you said that you would pray for me that I'd not lose my faith. Right now, Lord, I've got no faith. I'm going back fishing. I've forsaken the mission. You're no longer around. I've blown it. But he forgot the whole words of Jesus. He says, Peter, when you're strengthened, when you, when you come back, when you return, strengthen your brothers. He forgot about that little bit of a promise that God would not leave him alone even though he blew the test. That God was faithful to his promise 
And he would go after Peter, as you read the New Testament, find him fishing, provide for him, make him breakfast, and recommission him. That encounter with the trial in Peter was the most important thing for Peter in his ministry in his next season. If God did not allow Satan to tempt him, then Peter would not have been equipped for the next season in his ministry. How do I know that? Because not only does Peter preach the amazing sermon at the day of Pentecost, he confronts the very religious leaders that put Jesus to death. And no longer denies his name in front of a teenager, he confronts religious leaders and he said, the person that healed this man at the gate beautiful, his name is Jesus, Jesus from Nazareth and the one that you crucified. Wow, all of a sudden he's got boldness from, from somewhere. Where did he get it from? He got it from an encounter of a trial that God allowed so he could be stronger for his next season for Jesus. So I want to say to you today, if you are in trouble or in a trial because of the silly mistakes and choices you have made, then there's still hope for you. Because God will never leave you. If you really belong to him, and you really are his child, and you've gone AWOL, then you might think that you've escaped from God, and that his purpose is no longer for you. But God will not leave you. He will come after you. And his method of a disobedient child is called discipline. And Peter, and Hebrews says, and it is actually painful at the time, but God who loves you so much will come after you no matter how far you run. And he will help you get back on track even though it will be painful. So I want to encourage you today. If you think you're running from God and there's no way back, God hasn't left you. It was Jesus that went after Peter to restore him into his purpose of his life. And so I want to say to you, there are some things that come into our life through disobedience that will face trials. From the enemy that will allow, that God will allow to come into our lives, to help us gauge our faith, to help us have self-awareness about our weaknesses and also of our strengths, and also to help equip us for his purpose. And finally, I believe there's one other reason why God allows you and me to be tested. He allows me and you to be tested, to prove our faith, to prove our faith. How can you prove your faith unless it's tested? And when you are tested, you can be trusted. If you're going to do anything significant for God, you're going to be tested. Because God needs to trust you. Remember when he said to Abraham, I want you to take your only son, your promise, I want you to take him and I want you to sacrifice him. And so what did the Bible say? Abram got up early in the morning and he took Isaac towards a mountain, Moriah. And Isaac said to his dad, who was carrying the wood, Dad, where's the sacrifice? Abram says, the Lord will provide, knowing that you're it. 
So he put Isaac, Isaac got on the altar. Abram was just about that far of putting the knife to sacrifice his son. And it might seem a horrific story. And then God said, stop, stop. And then God said this, now I know. Now I know. Now you can be a great, a leader of great nations. Now you're ready for the next season of your life. Now I can trust you because you were willing to obey me when I spoke into your life. And many followers of Jesus do not get past the tests of God. We want to do great things for God. We want to see the kingdom come. Well, I want to tell you, God needs us to toughen up. God needs us to shape us and mold us so we're ready for the fight because this kingdom, this kingdom that we're advancing is a fight and it needs us to be mature and steadfast. I will not throw the towel in when the music's too loud or the lights are too bright or it's too cold or too hot. For goodness sake, God said, I can't advance the kingdom with that kind of weak Christianity. I need some backbone. I need some people that's not going to give up, that's not going to sit down, that's going to always sing, just like Paul and Silas when they got imprisoned. And they think, what should we do now? Should we moan and complain why God has left us? Or shall we get out of the hymn book and give glory to God and rejoice always in the Lord? And when they begin to rejoice and begin to praise God, it's amazing what was released from heaven. And the power of God came and released them for the glory of God also to help other people for their chains also to be released. See, the testing of your faith helps you to know your faith level, but it also prepares you for your next season in your life. You know, trials and tests for many Christians can take them closer to God and help them grow in God. For others, it can make them run from God. It can make them question God, and that's a sad thing. But you know what happens there is that they, your faith has been tested. You may have been believing God for years and many things, and all of a sudden God's tested what you believe, and it shook your whole being because it's messed your theology up. It's messed your understanding of God up, and then you've nowhere to go. You either run away from God or you run to God. It's the only option that you've got. You run away from God, or you run to God. And Peter would say, dear friends, do, be, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come upon you to test you as though something strange was happening to you. So the, whole, the New Testament teaches that God doesn't take you out of every trouble and puts a bubble around you so you'll never be harmed till he comes back. See, what I want to encourage you with, that God knows us. And if he allows us to go through a test, he knows that he's building something into us for what's coming down the road in our life. And you know, I mean, we, we've got a Dan, if I were to talk to Dan about training and resistance, if I were to come to Dan and go, Dan, put 300 pounds on that bar and, he, and I'm going to do a bench press. And he would say to me, how long have you been training? And i go, well, I haven't trained for 10 years. When's the last time you bench pressed? Well, 10 years ago, I did 50 pounds. 
He's going to say to me, Jason, don't even try and lift 300 pounds because you're going to break something. He would say, let's start with 25 and let's test whether you can bear the weight. See, many Christians want to do amazing things for God, but God could not give it to them because they can't bear the weight. So you have to go from 25 to 50. And eventually, after, after Dan sees I can do 250 easily with no sweat, he'll go, let's put 300 pounds on the bar. You see, every one of us that God's got destiny upon wants to build our faith muscles, but we must go through the pain at times and the testing so we are ready to carry the load that God is going to put upon our lives. Because God will never, the future to kill you. Every trial that God brings into your life or allows into your life is not to kill you or to destroy you, but it is to prepare you to help you manage the next season for his purpose. And so if you're going through pain right now, growing pains, trials, struggle, what is God trying to do? He's trying to develop strength in you, trying to let you understand what you really believe. Let it be tested. So when you come out, you'll be a different person on the other side. James would encourage us with what James 1 verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, if we can put that slide on so they can read it. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, oh, we don't like this kind of stuff, do we? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The sadness is that too many Christians finish before the process is finished. They finish before they allow the process to finish. And then Peter will back what I've set up. The same Peter that denied Jesus felt a failure for failing the test, was recommissioned, became stronger, bolder, wiser. And one Peter says this to us. In all this, he's talking about persecution and hardship. You greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, honor when Jesus Christ 
is revealed. I studied this week the process of making gold. It's, it's incredible. The gold starts out in ore and rock mixed with silver and other metals. And the only way to get the gold out of that is through putting it through a furnace. To 1,600 1, degrees Celsius of heat. With this, after smashing all the rocks and, and ore. And they put it in this furnace at that degrees and they allow the heat to allow the gold to come to the top. I want to say if you're in church today or online and you're going through the heat right now, God wants the gold to come to the top. He's allowing the dross to fall away from you because that dross is, will hinder your future. And the heat may not be nice right now, maybe not your fault, maybe not your season, may can't understand what's going on, but you're still here. I want to tell you that the gold is coming to the top. And by the time they put some kind of other ingredients in there and chemicals, they pull out the gold, they're 80% pure. And then they send the gold off to the mint. And the mint, different mints in the world, then take the 80% of the gold and then they begin to go through another process so they can make it more pure. See, the higher that you go in the Lord, the more the process of sanctification and holiness will need to develop in your life and more gold will need to surface and more dross will need to leave your life. But let me tell you, the only way that can happen is when the heat comes on. Now, God will not allow you to go for the heat all the time because we couldn't cope with it. But there's certain seasons in our life where the heat comes on and we sometimes think God's against us. No, God is preparing you. God is developing you. God is testing you. God is refining you. God wants to purify you. And then when they actually get it to 99%, and not many mints will go beyond 99% of pure gold, but there's one or two particular mints in the world, I think it's in Canada, where they take that's gold that's 99% and they put it in a bath of acid with some uh, metal rods um, and they hook that on to the gold and they allow that in the acid for days and then the gold becomes 99.9% .9 pure. Has to go through a process. Has to go through the heat. Has to go through the trials. Because God has got something great in store. Number one, to fulfill his purposes. And number two, that our lives will give glory to God. That's the end goal, my dear friends. That our lives would give glory to God. James would say to us, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I'll finish. Stand with me. I'm going to finish because I want to pray over you. Final slide. Lift your hands with me. Some of you in this room, well, 
it's obvious that there's a percentage of you in this room that's going through hardship right now. But some of you will be going through hardship because of the silly choices you've made or the sin decisions you've made. Some will be going through hardship because of the decisions others have made with you on behalf of you and you're reaping the consequences of those fiery things. But yet there is other of you in this room that's going through a trial and you, you, you just trying to obey God, trying to serve God, trying to love God with all of your heart and all of a sudden you find yourself with the heat on your life. And you're wondering, you're, you're wondering why this strange thing would happen to you because all you're doing is trying to love the Lord with all your heart and all your mind, trying to serve him, love him, give. But all of a sudden you're finding that yourself in a season of trial. And as, as the Apostle Paul would send Timothy to the church to know how their faith is and to encourage them and strengthen, the Lord today has sent this voice to say, do not give up. God is working. God is developing. God is producing. I want to tell you the gold the gold is coming. And when you get through this, when you get to the other side, because there always is another side, you know, there always will be an end to this trial. And when you get out the other side, you will turn back and you will be a different person. You'll be stronger. You'll be bolder. You'll be wiser. And your faith muscles will be bigger than ever, then all of a sudden, God, you'll, one day you'll walk into an arena where God will open up the door that you're ready for. Those dreams, those prayers, those desires, and God will say, now you're ready. Now you're ready. So I want to pray in three ways. I want to pray for you in this room and online that the heat's on your life because of the decisions of, that you've made that disobeys God's word. My prayer for you is that you repent. That means, first of all, get before God and apologize. But it's more than an apology. Because let me tell you something. Just like Jonah, when he ran away from God's plan, God did send the wind to rough him up a bit because he loves him so much to get him back on track. God loves you too much to let you walk away and live your own way. He paid the price for you on the cross and so his purpose can still be fulfilled in your life if you would just begin to realign your life to his plan for you. The second person I want to pray for is for you who are going through hardship and trials, but it's because of somebody else's choices. Somebody else's sin decisions, selfishness. And you're reaping the pain and the trial of that. My prayer for you is that God is going to restore you. God will turn it around. God will restore the years the locusts have eaten. God will heal you. God will bring you through this on the other side of your life.
If you're in church today, if you are online and you're saying, Jason, none of those things apply to me, but I'm trying to serve God with all my heart and somehow there's just pressure on me right now. The heat's on. Trials, and, and somehow today, now there's clarification. God has allowed this for my growth, for my future, to be a better vessel for Him for what's coming. If that's you, then I want to pray for you. Let the, let the heat finish the work. Let, it, let God finish the process. Come on, don't, don't give up. Don't give up worshipping. Don't give up giving. Don't give up serving. God is doing something. So Father, in this room, all over this building and those online, Father, for those the heat is on, Father, would you bring a word of encouragement that you are working in them, for them, and through them. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever you're doing in our lives today, let us never forget that you're faithful. And that he who has started this good work in you will complete it.